right, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to Genesis. We're going to open our service with a song this morning. So would you stand up and join me in worship?
call to worship this morning that I want to invite you to join me in. Uh, we'll have some words up on the screen, and um, the words in white, uh, I will say, and there'll be some words in green for everyone to, to join in with. So sort of a call and response. Here we go. Uh, so here we go. Come, all who are thirsty. Come, all who are seeking. Come, all who are waiting. Come, all who labor. Come, all who need rest. Come, all who dream dreams. Come, whether you are young or old, confident or curious, lonely or hopeful. This is God's house. All are welcome here. Let us worship holy God. Amen. Thank you for joining in that. We're going to do one more song here. Um, and then we'll transition to uh, the next part of our service. So please stay standing and we'll sing this song. This is Amazing Grace. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much strong? Justice 
done for me. Good morning. Thank you, Jesus, for letting me down without falling. Good morning, everybody. Oh, as I tell everybody when I have the opportunity to do uh, this testimony that I feel so great because I can see your faces. People sitting there can't see the faces behind you, but they're all smiling, and it does my old heart great to see everybody, particularly the ones I haven't seen for a while. And, plus the ones I have seen. This is testimony time. This is a chance for you to get up and let us know what's happening in your life this past week. I gotta be honest with you, the word testimony sometimes is a little frightening because you're not expected to get up and raise your right hand and swear to the judge. I'm not a judge. We're here for Jesus. We're here for the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I wanna know what's happening with you guys. Uh, I can go home and I said, well, I don't know what's happening to all those 100 people showed up and I don't know what's going on. But I do know one person that has a testimony that you're going to have tears in your eyes when you get done hearing it. Good morning, church. Uh, my name's Norm. Good to see you, Jackie. Uh, and I am a recovered alcoholic. Uh, Back in 2000, actually end of 1999-2000, uh, I was getting divorced. Uh, I got two drunk drivings within a two-week period. Uh, those happened to fall within the last 30 days of what would be my third drunk driving in 10 years. And so my driver's license was taken away for good reason uh, back in 2001. Uh, in 2003, my daughter was born. And in 2006, I believe, 2007 was my, no, 2007 was my last drink. 2006 is when I started coming to Genesis. Many people here in this room have been a part of uh, my growth, my success, both spiritually, both mentally, both financially. Uh, I, I can't say much, enough about everybody here. Uh, in the past, usually when I stand up, it's because I had no one to talk to, because I was broken, because I was distraught, because I didn't have even family that would listen. Uh, through that, I found uh, patterns, patterns of coming here, patterns of joining a small group, uh, patterns of praying, uh, patterns of uh, um, looking up uh, the top 18 reasons that God has been faithful. Uh, so let me share one of those. I sent this to Pastor Nate the other day. The thoughtful believer recalls God's faithfulness in the past when confronted by any new threat. Part of spiritual maturity is a strong sense of one's own history. 
And so in looking at my own history and looking at uh, a lot of the times I've asked for God's help, uh, a lot of you people have prayed for me, laid hands on me, um, and everything's kind of come full circle. You know, I, I, I got the, I started a company, I've had a stable place to stay, uh, I quit drinking, I quit smoking cigarettes two years ago. Um, many things have been going on good in my life. Uh, throughout all of this, every time though, I would apply to get my driver's license back and it would be denied over and over and over just for stupid reasons, reasons like having a dead battery when you had an interlock device in there, just, just an ongoing, just thousands of dollars in fees. And then about a year ago, I had an incident with my daughter and uh, she moved out at 17, started living with a friend, finished school that way. And so that's been an ongoing source of stress. And everybody here has helped pray for that, that we've had some kind of reconciliation. Uh, well, about two weeks ago, my daughter moved back in with me. <laughs> it's going wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, she's got a job. She's going to school. Uh, I passed down one of my other cars that I had to her, so she's driving. And uh, uh, she got her driver's license before me. <laughs> um, the only left thing that I've been praying for was getting my driver's license back. Thursday, I got the letter. Thank you, thank you. So I now have an unrestricted operator's license. Um, thank you, thank you everybody for your prayers. Thank God. Um, and the, the last quote I will read was by Pope Francis. And it is, God's faithfulness is stronger than our unfaithfulness and our infidelities. Praise God. Yes. There was a little discussion this morning, you guys, with Jacqueline to let me do this instead of her this morning. So I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, I just wanted to really have everybody think of, a, there's a little, little guy, he just passed away, it's kind of sad, his name was Roman, he, uh, he only lived for three years, but he, but, but check, and he was, yes, he was the son of my, my good friend, his daughter, it was her, her uh, son, and he had a disease called a storage disorder disease. And so they knew when he was born that he wasn't going to live long, but he lived over a year longer than he was supposed to. And the community and the family and the prayers and just everybody coming around, even though it was a sad thing, it was really just a celebration of life too. So I just wanted, yeah, so I just wanted to share that this morning. Thank you. Amen. Before, before I go on, I, don't, I always want to have you guys pay attention to the people up on the stage there. They, you know, some of us get here at 9.30, some get five minutes to 10. They get here at 9 o'clock. They have to set up everything up.
and they have, they practice, and God bless you guys. Let's give them a hand. Yeah. Do I see, I, do I see a hand? Oh. I'll just slide right through here. I'm Jerry. I'm going to stand up, okay. Um, I have my niece and nephew with me this weekend. Um, last weekend, I went up to visit them, and they don't go to church. They don't, the, their experience of like God and Jesus is with me and here at Genesis. And um, last weekend, my niece was asking me all sorts of questions in the car. We were, we were going bowling. She was asking me all sorts of questions about God, about Jesus, and she's like, how do people have Jesus in their heart? And I'm like, well, you just pray about it. Like, you, you know, you do salvation prayer, and she, so she did, she, and she prayed to accept Jesus into her heart, and <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and just a funny note, ne uh, my ne nephew, he's four, he brought that up this morning, that she had done that on her way here, um, and I said, Damien, do you want Jesus in your heart? And he said, no, I want Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Okay, you know, you know what this feels like to me? We're all sitting around the kitchen table, right? And we're exchanging what's happy with us and what's not happy with us. And we have a gentleman right here. Uh, my name is David. Uh, give God praise for these uh, testimonies and all this church does for people. I probably met a lot, some of them. I don't know if this is the church God brought me here this morning. I met a lot of people, I believe, out on the street, and uh, I believe they've been here for some calling, and, you, and you've, you've took them in and loved them or whatever. But my testimony today is it, never give up. Uh, so when I was born, I was given away at birth. Don't know, didn't know why. Never found my mother until I was about 46, trying to learn, and she had died in a car accident. But I was raised with a, a woman with four girls and three boys, was very... Christian, and as I was growing up, I was given to one of the girls who married a very mean person himself. And in other words, let me put it this way: I, I grew up in a, an abusive family at that time. He was an alcoholic to himself, and I was abused. My wife, my mother was—I'm sorry, my mother was abused. And um, one day at 16, I turned on him. And uh, I left at that time, and that time was a journey, because I was in and out of jail many, many times. Uh, I ended up going to service. I was told to do that, and I went to Vietnam. And here's the thing. You never realize God's with you. He brought me back, because the soldiers beside me that fought with me died beside me, and I, and, and I was able to come back home. That was, we were like brothers, brothers and I loved one another. And after that, uh, I just continued to drink. I got married. I uh, went through a lot with that. I was an alcoholic until one day a preacher comes to me and told me, Dave, you need to get the junk out of your life. I said, what do you mean junk? You've never been where I've been. you never walked in my shoes. I said, and you, you, you would never understand. I said, you don't know what Vietnam's like. You know, when I came back, I thought, you know, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I've been to hell and back. You know, I, ne I never had respect for nothing. When I got married, I did what I wanted to do. Ended up still drinking, and I, 
don't get me wrong, I had a good job and took care of my family. I didn't abuse them, but I, all I was was a provider. I did what I wanted to do. So one time, 20-some years ago, I, I had cancer. I had divorced my wife because I committed adultery into itself, and I, I believe God said to me, you know what, you know, uh, do what you want to do, you know, and I, and I believe that cancer changed my whole life because I had an out-of-life experience, not the type, I don't, I can't say that I heard him speak, what I'm saying was he gave me life, he gave, the doctor says I wasn't supposed to live, he gave me a longer life, you know, because my heart stopped, and, I, and after that, I started what? I gave my life over to the Lord. And from that time over, because I believe he said to me, because he took me to his word, get, on, you know, get honest with me, then you'll get honest with yourself and you'll get honest with other people. You know, because I was an impulsive liar to get what I want, to do what I want, whatever. But from that day on and from the day right now, I'm not, I, my doctors call me a mess because they can't do nothing for you. I've had a cervical spine surgery and so forth. He's brought me through that, but he chained me with, you know, I, I'm not an alcoholic no more. I gave my life. He, he's given me a, a ministry, street ministry, doing Bible studies for people. Mm -hmm. And why I, he must have brought me here today for a testimony because I've right never here. been in this church. All right. But anyways, uh, God bless you all and thank you because you know what? The main thing I, I try to put in my life now, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. But I, if I lean on him and let him have his way, you know what? The main thing is, is glorifying the Lord. Amen. And he'll, 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 he'll direct your very step. Remember, trust in the Lord all your heart. Lean on the owner instead. Nodge him in all his way, and he'll direct your path. The main one always gets me, don't be wise in your own right. There you go. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Amen. I stick with that. In Psalm 91, when I do that, that's our blessing, my friend. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, anyone else with their hand up? Help me. Uh, James Harper, you can come on up while I'm finishing. James Harper, my beloved friend. Yes, Jackie, did you have something to say? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. Um, I, I, um, I'm on my, um, I'm on my personal thing, as as many of you women, as any of you women would know, and I've been I've been like struggling with it, and and when I'm on my personal thing, I get very emotional, and it's it's hard. It's hard. I I think. I thank God that there's like medicine, that there's this medicine for the help of cramps, because of, because back then in the olden days there were there wasn't a lot of medicine back then. So I thank God for, I just thank God for creating medicine. Okay, you're you're probably wondering what this is all about. Uh, what are these? Sunflowers. They're sunflowers, and what connection are these sunflowers have to do with today? These are the official flowers from Ukraine. And my heart is so filled with passion and grief.
and sadness. And um, we pray that one way or another that there's peace and there's, there's killing would stop on both sides. The amount of people who've been killed is in, increasing every day, particularly the little young babies and uh, little children. So I guess I would ask you, once we're done with the service, if you want to sit there just for a minute or two and pray that there is some solution to this whole thing, then we can all say praise God. But I am, I am so delighted that so many people stood up and spoke this morning, uh, despite the word testimony. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put one of the flowers over by the candles, but the other flower I'm gonna get, she's not, now look, Sandy. S Sandy's not the oldest one here, but she certainly is the one who's been here in this church the longest, right? Okay, uh, thank you folks again. I get to see everybody's smiling face and it makes, makes me so happy that I can do that. And uh, we will see you the next time they allow me, <laughs> allow me to get up and speak. Because I, I, you know, I'm a politician. What did I take, 10 minutes so far? I, I, hope, I hope that didn't cut into the sermon today. James Harper, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I like, I like, I like, <laughs> I, I, well, I like your haircut, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, I got them all cut, Harvey. It's a Harvey joke. Um, well, I'm here to do our reading for this morning. So, uh, call to confession. I believe we... We'll have some uh, responsive reading for you as well. So, there is something so healing, so life-giving about telling our stories. In the prayer of confession, that is what we get to do. The mask comes off. Any pretense of perfection is removed. We let the pressure to perform slip away, and we sit here face-to-face -face with God, sharing honestly who we long to be. Friends, there is healing here. There is life to be gained here. So join me in this moment of honesty. Join me in the prayer of confession. Holy God, we treat our self-worth like something that can be bought at a store. But you know this even better than we do. Instead of trusting that we are made good, Instead of trusting that we are loved exactly as we are, we stockpile our value in earthly things, in trophies and awards, in likes and follows, in wealth and power. Forgive us for creating our own measuring stick. Heal our open wounds and tell our hearts that we won't be forgotten if we slow down. We won't be forgotten if we rest. Gratefully we pray, amen. And this word of forgiveness. Friends, take a deep breath. I hear it. Take a deeper breath. Release the tension in your jaw. There is good news here.
Even when we stumble, even when we take the easy way out, even when we forget our own self-worth, even when we lose our way, we belong to God. Say it with me. We are loved, we are claimed, we are under God's wing, we are worthy of grace, we belong to God. Amen. I don't know why they put that so high up there, but anyhow, um, now that we're 35 minutes in, welcome to Genesis, the church. Um, if you haven't done so already, please uh, check out our website, fill out the uh, virtual green cards, uh, prayer requests. We can get to know you, those of you that are here for the first time or maybe not, um, just so we can uh, reach out to you and figure out um, you know, what you're looking to accomplish in your life and how God's working in your life and whatnot. But, um, I uh, see, uh, like Harvey said, can see a lot more faces this week. Um, we're no longer requiring masks to be worn in the sanctuary or in the lobby, but we are still asking that everyone keep their masks on um, when they're in the children's area upstairs. But um, everywhere else, feel free to do what, what you feel uh, you're comfortable with, and you will not be judged if you choose to wear or not wear a mask. It's entirely up to you. Um, and also, we have affirmed our elders as a community, so if you are a new elder or an elder, uh, just please stand up and give you a round of applause. I don't think that's you, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, please join us after the end of the service, and we'll be having um, a prayer for the, for the elders. Um, and then I uh, believe up on the screen here in a second, uh, we are having an equipping and calling event for women in spiritual leadership this upcoming Saturday. That's March 26th at 9.30 a.m. It'll be over at 11.30 a.m. So uh, ladies, please join us for that. And there will be childcare made available if you so need it. Um, and I know, t uh, I know Harvey mentioned that word testimony. I was compelled to kind of talk about something that I went through a little bit uh, recently. Uh, one of my first missions trip with uh, my wife, Abby, down to Costa Rica a couple weeks ago. Um, so a huge learning experience for me, a lot of great growth, a lot of interesting people met. We were there to install cl uh, clean water filters for folks. Um, but I wanted to share the, the thing that surprised me most was um, not the connection that I, that I uh, had with the people that I was down there with, the people that we were interacting with, uh, people that, um, that we got to pray for and pray with. But we had one lady um, that really, uh, really struck me as God moving in the lives of all of us that were down there to, to serve the people. A woman's name, I believe, was Aurora. Um, and she, uh, we went in there to give her a water filter, you know, share our, our uh, you know, the grace of God with her and everything. And she ended up preaching to us for about an hour. And it was, it was fantastic. And it was, sorry, Bo and Nate, but one of the best services I've ever attended in my entire life. But um, it was really just God using that opportunity of us being there in this person's house to really speak to all of us and really, um, you know, share his share his love to us in a way that we just didn't anticipate while we were down there. So it was great, and I'd encourage people to look for, for opportunities like that. Maybe it doesn't have to be a missions trip 3,000 miles away, but, um, you know, our church does many things, and so I'd encourage you to, to talk with our leadership if you're interested in, in serving, because you never know when you're going to get blessed um, in a way that you didn't expect. So um, last but not least, we are sharing in communion today. Uh, so there are these delicious wine and, and uh, bread 
containers up here and in the back, so grab one of those a little bit later. Coming on up right now to get it get first up. That's on you, buddy. Um, all right, so with that, I'll go ahead and uh, release you to go ahead and um, mingle with folks. Those of you that are here, those of you that are online, I guess the chat.
check one, two. Hello. Hello. How's that, Derek? Is that good for you? Better? That's better? Check one, two. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Let's, uh, let's settle back in. And then we can move forward with our time together. So thank you for those who have been giving through text or giving online or have set up uh, bill pay through your banks. This is the time that we would take the offering. We're not in the habit of passing the plate and we're going to still hold off on passing the plate. Uh, there is a wooden box in the back if you wanted to put your offering in that. But most of you have transferred over to a digital pay and so we just want to recognize that and say thank you. Tom, are you here? Is this sound weird? Um, check one, two. You got reverb on like I'm in a um, canyon? Check one, two. Hey. Hello. Is that any better? Ooh, that's worse. Check one, two. Yes, A, B, C, D. EFG. If, not, if you want to get a lapel out, you could bring it up and then sw switch me over if that's easier. Check. All right. Uh, try not to be distracted as they dial in the microphone. Before I get into the teaching, I want us to just uh, pause together. We have highs this week and we have some lows this week. So as a family, we celebrate together. We also mourn together. And so celebration this week is that Jameson Wild Knack was born and got a killer name out of the deal. Jameson Wild, that's, that's a pretty awesome name. Um, and I'm assuming that Kelly and Jamie, that Jamie's name is Jameson. Don't know that for a fact. But I would guess that. And it's not spelled like the Irish whiskey. It has an I instead of an E, so some of you are disappointed, and others of you are proud of them for that. So <laughs> that was a high point. Uh, low point, uh, Bo and Carmel's son Jericho uh, was in the hospital this weekend, having some issues with uh, blood sugar, and we've been praying them through. Um, his levels went up but they still stayed there last night. And Bo and Carmel were hosting family from out of town. So it just kind of all hit um, in the same spot at the same time. And then um, Dan and Sharon and Janelle, if you know them as a part of our community, maybe you know Lily uh, from upstairs, uh, but Dan and Sharon's daughter-in-law passed away this weekend. And so, we were, were mindful of the fact that Lily has lost her mom. And so we have all of that, and we have Ukraine, and we have people that live next door to us that annoy us, and we have ways that we've disappointed people, and we're supposed to hold all of this in our heart. And it could become confusing, and it can become overwhelming. And so we want to recognize in this time, in this space, this is what we come in carrying. So would you pray with me? And uh, then we'll get into the teaching for the mor this morning. 
So Lord, we ask for your, uh, your comfort to come to Dan and Sharon and the family. And we ask um, for your spirit to uphold and to sustain Lily and the loss of her mother. And so God, come near. Bring them strength and hope to face today. And would let your presence uh, fill them with what they need exactly. And so Lord, come near. For the Naks, as they're in celebration, Lord, we join with them and we thank you for Jameson. We thank you for his life. We thank you for sustaining Kelly during the pregnancy. We thank you for breathing and gifting life to him. And we ask for their transition now as a family. We pray for Kinsley. We pray for Sawyer. Pray for Jamie. We ask for your spirit to attend to them as well. And for little Jericho, God, we ask that you would sustain him and bring full healing to him. For Carmel, she's been with him in the hospital. Give her strength. Help her not to pick up anything when she's there. Pray for Bo and Harvest, who now are feeling that sickness come through their home. Now we ask for your protection. And there's so many in our community that are dealing with that this week. We ask for your deliverance. And this morning we ask for peace, for shalom, to come to Ukraine, to our Russian brothers and sisters that are not in agreement with their leadership. We ask for your spirit to attend to Putin and to speak his name, to call him by name. That your kingdom would come. And for us this morning, help us to engage with you, to be able to hear from you, and I ask that you would uh, protect Protect our hearts from accusation and free us to be able to hear from your spirit. And I pray in Christ's name, amen. Thank you. Is it better up there when I'm up there? Or am I just hearing it echoing back here? Okay, you're fine? Okay, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Luke 13, 6 through 9. Luke 13, if you have a Bible or a phone or something like that and you want to follow along, it's also going to be on the screen behind me. Luke 13, 6 through 9. Super fun parable. It says, and he, Jesus, began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for it, for fruit on it, and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Look, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? But he, the vineyard keeper, answered, and said to the landowner, Sir, leave it alone for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. 
And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. First things first in this parable, there are four subjects. The first one is a man that owns a vineyard and is looking for maximum productivity. Some of you resonate with that. I might be looking at one now. (laughs) The man is looking for maximum productivity. The second subject is a fig tree. And it's a fig tree that is accused of using up ground. Now that doesn't ever feel good. The third subject is the vineyard keeper, a gardener that pleads for another year of life for the fig tree and has developed a plan to help it thrive. And lastly, the grapevines that apparently produce a sufficient amount of fruit to appease the landowner. And they also surround the fig tree. When I read this parable, I immediately recognized two very clear threads of application. There's always layers of application in the scriptures. And so as a pastor, one of our opportunities is to tease out which one is for us. Because there's usually one that's for me (laughs) that's different than for us. One application of this parable is a very corrective thread. And it would give me the opportunity to drop the hammer on those that live their lives like the landowner that are willing to cut off anyone and anything that stands in their way of maximum productivity and efficiency. And this message would be high challenge, and it would be high correction. And I would give lots of stern and disappointed parent voice in that kind of a talk. The other application is a thread of high invitation and high inclusion, and it lifts up belonging to God, and it exudes grace and empathy that would fill us to the brim with an expansive love of God. Any preference this morning on which one you'd like to hear? (laughs) I inquired of the Lord about which message to bring this morning, and God said to me that it was good for me to ask. (laughs) It's not like we've just come through years of a pandemic, and that we're in the midst of global conflict. And what better of a time to bring a heavy hammer message to the people of God. And so this morning, I've chosen to go the route in agreement with God to have an opportunity to boast about how crazy good God is. And for those of us here to hear about and to maybe even experience it for themselves that they are already loved by God just as you are without producing anything and that God's love for us is not conditioned by what we produce 
And we don't win God's love by producing. We've already won God's love just by being. And God said that I should write down that heavy correction hammer message and save it for another day to read to myself. (laughs) In hearing this parable, some will immediately connect with the man that owns the vineyard and will side with him. We want a return on our investments. We want production and efficiency and we'll cut down anything that stands in our way. Others will hear the parable and they'll connect with the vine dresser. They like the idea of being willing to be patient and to wait for people to come around because they're under construction. They desire for people to grow into their full person. They're willing to be gracious, to offer second chances, or one more year in this case. But what about hearing this parable and connecting to the grapevine? Do you recognize a connection to the grapevine? They in themselves are recipients of having been raised up and cultivated in an environment that is perfect for them to thrive in. And this by no account of their own doing. They didn't choose to be grapevines. They didn't choose where to be planted or what resources would be available to them. And yet there they are, thriving. Have you ever considered yourself to be like the grapevine? Have you ever connected to the grapevine and thought, I am really privileged to have been planted here and tended to and cultivated in order to thrive in life? And has this ever brought about gratitude in your life? And did you ever feel full to the brim of of expansive love that was then overflowing towards others because you had recognized that this was not your work that brought you to this place? Or have you kind of written it off as something that you think you deserve or that you are entitled to? It's important for us to consider this because some will hear this parable and they will immediately and fully connect to the fig tree. Their existence is lived feeling out of place. They live life completely surrounded by a dominant homogenous group that seems to be thriving in life. But like the grapevine, they also didn't choose to be a fig tree. And they certainly didn't choose to grow up 
in an environment where they could be considered a waste of space. And yet, they are constantly reminded by the culture that surrounds them that maybe the original plan for the use of this space didn't include them. It leaves them wondering if they were an afterthought or if they were a last-minute addition, perhaps to accomplish the goals of the dominant group. But most certainly, they wouldn't have been intentionally planned. Larissa, Reverend Larissa Kwong Abazia gives an interesting commentary on this text. She says, wait a little longer. Work hard to show what you're capable of. Trust me. As a person of color, Larissa heard these comments on a regular basis. On her best days, this commentary ignited a fire to change the systems and structures that regularly oppress marginalized people. Other times she would wonder, am I being pacified just enough so that I stick around? The first thing she wanted to know from this parable was why is a fig tree in the midst of a vineyard? The tree would not be of primary focus in a field cultivating grapes, apparently planted only so that not an inch of the ground is squandered. Larissa said, many of us experience the world as a fig tree in the midst of grapevines. We are placed in fields not meant for us, and yet we are expected to thrive. Small hammer? <laughs> Sorry, it's in there. I can't, like, just exclude it. We're placed in fields not meant for us, and yet we are expected to thrive. People discount and doubt us, threatening to cut us down if we don't produce in the ways that they have defined on our behalf. We are afterthoughts, demanded to bear fruit or be destroyed. In her commentary, she concludes that the fig tree has been planted only so that no inch of the ground is squandered. Who in your midst is living a fig tree existence? Is it you? In her poem, What I Forgot, Reverend Sarah Speed writes this. Sometimes I wish I was the fig tree because she knows what I forgot many years ago. You are still worthy even if you don't produce you are still worthy, even if you don't produce. See, the fig tree parable is all about worthiness and about an accuser that tries to 
speak against it. And we struggle to know our worthiness. Amen? Hands? Is this only for me today? If so, I missed it. No, okay. Thank Love you guys. Do you deserve to be alive? Do you deserve to be cared for? Do you deserve to take up space? Are you a lost cause? Are you a waste of resources? Do you deserve to be nurtured? And are you loved regardless of your productivity? We must learn to disentangle our worth from our productivity. I know I need to disentangle my productivity every day. (laughs) Sometimes in the morning, mid-afternoon, and evening before I go to bed. I get tangled up by people's expectations of me. I get tangled up by people's opinions of me that they won't say to me, but they'll say it to someone else. Little hammer, sorry. I get entangled in my own insecurities, projecting on the people what I think they think about me that they haven't said to me and they haven't said to somebody else. But I'll fill in that empty narrative. Amen? Amen. (laughs) I get tangled up by negative comments. I get tangled up by knowing that I've disappointed people. We must have some consistent and unchanging source for us to draw from that reminds us of our inherent worthiness. And if we don't have a practice or a pattern in place to daily draw from a well of expansive love that wants to fill us to the brim, then we're doomed. Medium-sized hammer. Because if we're trying to draw worthiness from what others think about us, good luck. Wait five minutes. (laughs) Or tell them something that you actually believe and their opinion of you will start to change. But God as our source of life has said is unchanging, forever the same. And God's thoughts and words and actions declare over us we are worthy. God has given us life and breath and says that God celebrated at our birth and that God made plans for us to do together. God calls us the beloved. We are God's beloved. And God has given up all to rescue. You are loved, you are claimed, you are under God's wing, you are worthy of grace, you belong to God. Amen? Agreed? So one practice that I have to stay connected to the source of life and grounding me is to read scriptures and to meditate upon them 
And Psalm 139 has been an anchoring text for me. Psalm 139, it says, For you created my innermost parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you because I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my formless substance, and in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts for me, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. You see, our worthiness is anchored and secured in God's precious, countless, and vast thoughts towards us. And those thoughts say, you are worthy. John 15 has Jesus making the statement that greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friends. And God's expansive love was displayed for us at the cross. And we'll declare that and celebrate that together in communion at the end of this talk. But God's love for us is intended to center us and to ground us in a world that tries to entangle us. God's expansive love for us is intended to fill us to the brim, to remind us of our inherent worth. Just like the fig tree, you're worthy. You deserve to be alive. It's a gift from God. You deserve to be cared for. You deserve to take up space regardless of what others have said. Regardless of what others have said. Regardless of what others have said, you deserve to take up space. You're not a lost cause. You're worthy. You're not a waste of resources. You're worthy. You deserve audacious hope. You deserve to be nurtured, and you are loved regardless of your productivity. The lesson of the fig tree invites us to reconsider where we are drawing the source of our worth. Is it a system or a society that measures worthiness? by commerce, or production, or output, or success, or status, or achievement, or ethnicity, or gender, or gender identification, or sexual orientation? Who are you allowing to inform your worthiness? Who gets to speak into that? And is their view of you unchanging? 
God says you're a masterpiece. Created and bearing the image of God. You are worthy. Tell your neighbor that real quick. Say, you are worthy. You're worthy. In all of our different shapes and sizes and colors, we reveal a more full and robust Imago Dei, the image of God. We, we get a better understanding when we can recognize the image of God in one another. And like the gardener in Jesus' parable, we're invited to see others with audacious hope and budding with potential. But here's the thing. If we don't believe and receive God's unconditioned love for us, we are incapable of giving it away to others. You can't give what you ain't got. When we experience God's mercy for ourselves, we can then extend mercy to others. When we experience God's loving kindness for ourselves, we can then extend loving kindness to others. When we experience God speaking our worthiness over ourselves, we are then filled to speak the worthiness of others over them. We are loved. We are claimed. We are under God's wing. We are worthy of grace. And we belong to God. Amen? So I want us to agree together on our worthiness and on each other's worthiness before God by practicing the sacrament of communion together. So, if you haven't grabbed a cup yet, grab one. And then I want to invite everybody to stand where you are. Yeah, just come up and grab them if you need them. There's some by the soundboard, there's some in the back, there's some here. So here's what I would like to do. Everybody has a little cup. Let's put the bread side up, because that's where we'll start. And what I would like for you to do is I'd actually like for you, this side, to turn and face that side. And I would like this side to turn and face this side. Have you guys ever seen those mosh pits where they line up like this, and then the singer's like, go! And it's just like, Phew! like, only me and Craig? No. Jesse's seen some mosh pits. All right, here's what, here's what I would like for us to do. There's a, there's a sacredness in practicing communion. Most of us think of this as a secret thing that happens between us and God. That's not the instruction that Jesus gave. Je Jesus said, do this together in remembrance of me. And so what I want us to do is to do this together and perhaps ask the Lord, is there someone on this side that, he, that God would want you to lock eyes with? 
Perhaps there's someone on this side that they see, there's a light around them or there's something floating over their head and you're like, oh, I think that's who I'm going to lock eyes with. What we're going to do is we're going to take communion and we're going to... Do you guys remember Taste Great, Less Feeling? Those, I'm dating myself. <laughs> we're going to take communion. So let's open the top and we have our bread and the right side you're going to lock eyes with someone on the left side and you're going to declare we're going to do it together you are worthy and then we're all going to take the bread okay and so tell me when you right side tell me when you're ready you guys are everybody's locked in all right declare to the left side you are worthy on three. One, two, three. Oh, that was, that was quiet. Let's do it again. You are worthy. I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Make it a big deal. Right side on three. One, two, three. You are worthy. All right, let's take this. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my body, which is for you. And now flip your cup and left side. Find somebody on the right side. Lock eyes with them. You're declaring over them their worthiness. And this may be the only time they hear this this week or this month or in the 40 years that have been leading up to this. So this is important, okay? On three, declare you are worthy. One, two, three. All right, let's drink. This is the cup of the new covenant. Drink in remembrance of me. Well done. Give yourselves a hand on that. You could stay you can stay standing if you want or you can sit if you want. Um we are going to offer elder prayer. There's only one elder here. So that would be a long line. Um if you are desiring prayer, Sandra's here, I'm here. I would in, you know if I would invite John, I would invite Jim, Kate, like if you see people mingling that are desiring prayer, let's pop up and let's be available. This is not a neutral talk, okay? You're, you're listening. I'm just telling you, this is not a neutral talk. And there's an accuser of the world and there's an accuser of the brethren. And when I woke up this morning, the first thought at 7.58 was, you're not worthy to give this talk, Okay? So I'm just telling you this in the sense of something might have stirred in you. You might be feeling a sense of loneliness and isolation that you haven't felt. You might be feeling a sense of suicidality because of this. Like, come for prayer. You also may say, I've never accepted the expansive love of God. We would want nothing more than to pray with you in that step as Jerry I mean, Jerry's leading kids to the Lord in her truck. So, Jerry, you should be up here praying with people too. It's an opportunity, okay? Don't feel the pressure. It's an opportunity. And know that we're here to walk with you in this. But I do want to say, it's not a neutral talk. You, have, you didn't sit through a neutral talk. The enemy wants nothing more than for you to believe that you are not worthy because that's a direct hit against the blood of Jesus. Does that make sense? And so you are worthy you are worthy, you belong, you're already loved. Receive that from the Father of light.
So Lord, uh, would you send your spirit to confirm, to continue, or to start the work that you desire for us. And so we, we give you permission. And I give you access. You have access to my heart, Lord. And continue to speak our worthiness over us by your spirit. And go in peace and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Come up for prayer if you'd like prayer.